Welcome to the first episode of Ask Wolves, where supporters' questions are put to Executive Chairman Jeff Shee and the club's senior leadership team. The series was recorded in mid-May, and since then, Nuno Espirito Santo and his coaching staff have departed after four hugely successful years. And so, a new era of Fosun's ownership begins. I'm Johnny Phillips, and in this episode we'll be hearing from Jeff, Technical Director Scott Sellers, and General Manager of Football Operations Matt Wilde. They'll be answering fans' questions about Wolves' transfer strategy for the summer, George Mendes' influence in transfer dealings, FFP, and the impact of Brexit and the COVID-19 pandemic on the club's business. So the club has had 633 questions, um, many of them showing a lot of thought, many showing a lot of concern as well, but all hoping for a chance to speak to you either individually or as a group. So we might as well crack straight on. Uh, the main subject was obviously transfer funds so Jeff it feels natural to come to you many asking will funding and resources be made available to Nuno? Uh, the meaning is that the, the funding is ready of course of course it's ready and uh, but it's if the question is about uh, whether the owner will spend more money into the club I think uh, we have some kind of barriers to conquer because the financial play is there yeah. Especially after we lose so much revenue from ticketing office and from the stadium, whatever. So I think in the next season it will be tough for us to uh, to manipulate under the financial play rule. So I think we have to find a way uh, to update or to upgrade the squad, but uh, in the meantime to be careful about the uh, financial things. Yeah. How, how would you do that, Scott? I guess, does that involve selling to buy? What, what ways can you upgrade the squad? Yeah, I think, I think speaking to a lot of people in football, I think it's going to be a different window. Um, I think it's effect, COVID has affected everybody. I think certainly I think the words that we're going to talk about a lot is being creative. So maybe swaps, uh, maybe loans, which we've done very well in the past, loans with obligations. So I think, yeah, it's certainly a window where Everybody's trying to work hard to find solutions and, and, and as Jeff says, certainly try and uh, support Nuno and, and help with the squad. Yeah, do you feel, Jeff, that Nuno needs the, every bit of support he can get when it comes to this window in particular? Yeah, it's about the club. I think it's not really only about the one person. I have to clarify it. I think we will have a talk after the season then to define the strategy for the summer and uh, but from the history every summer we we do something right so just uh, the next summer will not be different from that it's about how to review the last season and how to do better for the next season but i i do think we may need to enhance some positions in the squad yeah there was one interesting question from tom belida and he asked if money was made available does that come from fosen and then involve debt added onto the club or is it differently is it where you generate it as a club I think it's public uh, information and we have some debt from some banks and also it's very common for every club uh, in the Premier League and our debt level is normal and uh, uh, the, the funding from Forsen, uh, it's I, I think it's kind of debt without interest so it's equally to some kind of investment into the club. So I, I, I don't think too much about that. I think it's more about ourselves, for the club itself. Can we sustain, can we make a very healthy financial running and also prepare or reserve the money for the future? It's, it's very important. I, I don't want to, to have a club, okay, always thinking about the, 
the next day, what will happen? And uh, the, but the good thing is we have gone through the difficult period for the last eight, uh, 18 months, to be fair. Now we are at a good position and we have no any financial crisis. And also we have the, the base to prepare for the next season. So to, my fan, uh, to our fans, I think they don't need to worry about that. We will do everything to enhance ourselves. The transfer strategy obviously concerns fans and they all have very strong opinions on what players should be coming in uh, and what, what players shouldn't be coming in. Will Jones, Sam Marshall and a few others talk about the youth prospects that Wolves have been signing and then the here and now and what's needed then. Scott, in terms of that, where do you stand on, on whether or not the club should be bringing in younger players or they need to have those sort of oven-ready Premier League players? I think all squads should be balanced if you can. You know, I think if you have a squad of 18 year olds, you're going to have problems. But at the same time, you know, if you, if you look at some of the young players we bought, and I always say well, where they're going to be in two or three, you know, 18 year old Fabio scoring goals in the Premier League, where's he going to be at 21? You know, how, how valuable is he going to be in the future of the club? So it's always about getting a balance. I think if you sign lots of 32 year olds who, you know, who we can't sell on or they're coming to the end of their careers, then I think that's a bad strategy. So I certainly think it would be about a balance. We certainly feel that, as Jeff said, that we need to improve uh, the squad, but also the first 11, and we'll be trying the best to find the best solution. And if he's the best player and he's 20 years old, then we'll do that. If we feel he's 28 year old and we need him into the squad, then we'll certainly look at that. But I think as a, as a, as a football club, we're always trying to invest in players with, with futures, um, but also we have to be mindful of getting the right balance. Yeah, but sorry, I, I have to add, for a player and what he is now, it's not equal to what he is to, to be for the future. So even for a player, he scored 20 goals in a season, then to mean he can score again 20 goals for next season. So it's always about the future. When we buy a player, we think about the future. So there are a lot of uh, failure cases in the past in the Premier League. We spend a lot for a player, 30 million, 40 million for a player, scoring 20 goals in some other countries, but it never will work here. So it doesn't mean when you buy a famous player or a name you know, it does mean success. No, I don't think so. I think it's more about no matter where he is or how old he is, it's about the potential. And that's uh, uh, based on our job from the scouts to value the player, to see the potential. And uh, so we don't buy a player only for the history record and analysis. So that, that's the reason. So young players, older players, it doesn't matter so much. It's about whether we can have a balance and whether all the players come here can be a better player for the future. I think, I think if you... So I think we've got a good blend of players, a good balance in, you know, old and young. We've got, you know, the youngsters, Fabio, Key, Morgan, you know, Max when he came in was only 21. We've got the older ones, you know, we've got Connor, we've got, you know, Raul, Willy, Joao. No, so I think I think we've had it, and I think we've always had that from, from from when Nuno was here. So I think it worked. I think it works really well. And Ruben and, and Diogo and people like this were players who came in as very young players, not seasoned professionals, mm. who probably a lot of people hadn't heard of. But you know, look at what they've done for the football club, and I think yeah, it will always be a strategy of looking mm. at young talent. I think one area fans are concerned in when it comes to young talent, and, and Jeff made very fair points there. But can young players get you into the top six, the top four, which is what fans and the club, I, I guess, is ultimately striving for. Uh, David Cecil, Lee Jevons, David Fraser, lots of people here just have, have a fear about potential, saying, is, is it too much 
for them to shoulder in terms of getting the results here and now? Where do you stand on that? Again, I think it comes to balance. I think if we you know, look at what the club's bought in, in Zhao and, and Rui and people like mm. this that are seasoned professionals that have certainly added to the football club and, and where the club are now, there's, there's no doubt that their experience has certainly helped some of the young players. So again, I, get, I, I understand that, but also it, it comes about getting the balance right and also with more experienced players, they're a lot more expensive and there's not always a sell-on and, and they're not always a long-term future. So certainly getting the right balance, I think, is something that we talk about a lot. And, all, sorry, and also, if you are top talent, it's not really important about the age. So if you can say like Pedro Neto or Fabio Silva, I think they can get into any team in the Premier League. So it's not really about the age. So the age is important, but uh, sometimes your peak will happen at an early age when you are very young. So I'm not so concerned about it. It's more important not to think too much about the age. It's about how they perform on the pitch. It's very important. Yeah. Matt, Simon Sprague has got a question that maybe you might be able to handle. He wants okay. transfer business to be done early, okay. but it's going to be a strange summer, I think. I'm not, I mean, my inclination is it might not be done early. Where do you stand on this? Yeah, I, I mean, we're... We've been talking about this a lot with Jeff, and but I think it's going to be really difficult because of the Euros, and we, we were just talking about this. You know, we've got players who, you know, could go through to 11th of July, going to need a holiday. You know, so people realistically might not be back with their clubs until the end of July. So I really don't think a lot is going to be happening until 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 August. You know, the the transfer window shuts at the end of August. Uh, this year, so I think it's, I think it's going to go right. I think it could go right to the wire. Hopefully not with us in general. We do normally like to get our, our squad in order. Uh, I think you know we've always tried to get the squad in order before the season starts. But I think it. I think unfortunately the Euros will yeah, also, prevail in that. I think it's it will not only tough. about us. You know, at the year it's about the, the agency, the players, yeah. the selling club, the buying club. Yeah. So. Yeah. Generally, by my experience for the last five years, and uh, people tend to do the in the last minute. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I cannot control it. So for me, personally, I want to do the as early as possible, but sometimes I cannot control that. So yeah, in general, always one or two deals will happen only in the last minute. So. Is that anything to do with maybe yeah. other clubs or selling clubs thinking Wolves are someone they can hang? keep hanging on for, for a little bit longer because it's a club that has invested? No, I think it's, it's because sometimes for the players, for the agents, they have multiple cho choices and so they have to wait, wait, wait and sometimes the two clubs are negotiating about the price and whatever. So until the last minute, of course, we have all, all, always the time to talk, talk, talk. So only when the, the, the final time comes, then we have to sign the deal. So that's very normal. Just uh, you don't want to have a, a worse deal than you want. You always want the, the best deal, right? So, so you have to wait. Yeah. The squad size is an issue with a lot of fans, Richard Perkins, Richard Evans, and, and you know, tens more. Scott, um, perhaps this is best directed towards you. It looks with injuries as if that, that, that squad size came back to haunt Nuno a, a bit this season. Where do you stand on that? And you think it will change? I think it certainly worked well in terms of giving young players opportunity, opportunity to work with the first team, especially from my previous role as academy manager, it was, you know, it was a great opportunity for young players. I certainly think the injury situation and I think having the short break 
between the the two seasons has put a, pre- a massive pressure on the on the players, and I think that's been a major part of the injuries. But yeah, I think it's certainly that if we don't reflect on and look at and, and try and solve that. But again, I don't think it'll be going to a squad of 28 players because I don't think that works either. But certainly, we will look at extending the squad and making it stronger to cope with with injuries. Um, we always talk about you know how many players we want for certain positions, uh, and, and certainly that will carry on. Why do you think a, a really big squad doesn't work? It does with some clubs. Yeah, I, I think that it's our model, you know, and I think every club's got their own way of working. It was certainly the top clubs will generally use 15, 16 players. I think obviously this season's been different because of so many games in such a short spell. But I think I think over the three-year period that you know we've been in the Premier League, I, I don't think anybody could say that model has not worked. This season it's been difficult. I don't think we want to rip it up because one season's been difficult. You know, how can you, you know, Raul's injury is a, is a freak. It's not something that can be always controlled. So, but it's certainly something we'll discuss and we'll look, I think, at certainly extending it, but not extending it to, to a massive numbers of players. I think that's been one of our advantages that, you know, players are coming here and, you know, they get opportunity because, you know, I've got a small squad. So I think that's been one of the, one of the benefits, you know, for, for players coming in. Although, you know, that said, you know, it has been, has been, very very tough with injuries, especially you know this, the you know we've had we've had two three seasons before that where where the injury rate has been really really low. So having another challenge, you know, it's been it's been so hard. Sorry, some of the young players' development in that opportunity as well. Yeah. I think is what Matt's saying as well. Yeah. This is really key. Yeah, I also it's it's a chance to give the young players, especially from our academy, a better chance to play. So sometimes when we have many injuries. It's a bad thing, of course, but it's also good for the young players to step up. So it's about whether they can step up immediately or we have to wait. So if we have a strong academy and a strong young talent squad, we have no problem. The people responsible for bringing players here came up in conversation with a lot of the fans and the reliance on George Mendes, the reliance was the word used. Um, Do you you think that the club is is over-reliant, Jeff? No, we don't rely on any agencies. Sorry, I have to clarify it. We work with all the agencies. And, uh, but for, first of all, we don't work only with George. So we work with many different agencies. And why maybe the, the, the people, the fans perceive maybe there are more players in the squad from uh, guest field? What I can say, just uh, sometimes uh, all the agencies are providing service to, to the club. You know, so. It's our, of course, it's our value or our uh, favor to pick the right guy to help us. The right guy means he or they can provide the first-class service to us. You know, so when you have a good agent and a not so good agent, who will pick? Right. So to protect the club, uh, to help us, to have a fair uh, deal, the terms is easy to negotiate with, and always providing us good choices. Who will you pick? Of course, you will pick the, the best one. When you have already had uh, some kind of experience for first-class seats, you will not go back to economic things. So, so that's the truth. So, but uh, we will try because Getafe cannot cover every market. So maybe in Portugal they are they're strong, but uh, we will also have many more agencies to work with us because in the world, especially after. Brexit, I think we have more chance to explore the market in South America, in Asia, whatever. So I think we need more agency to, to work with us. But in nature, who can provide the best service to us, we will choose to work with them. So it's not about the reliance 
to anyone. Even George is my good friend, but I want to say that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's your good friend, but he, he often charges high prices, and, and some fans have said, are the fees excessive? Matt, you can say something like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, th- I, th- I think first and foremost, you know, that let's not forget that the, we brought some top talent in for some very competitive transfer fees. I, I personally think that we've made some real value in the players that we brought in, Jota, Neves, uh, Neto, you know, we've, we've bought them relatively for low transfer yeah. fees, you know, and, and the asset, well, the proof's in the pudding with Diogo, he's gone to Liverpool, you know, for, you know, we've probably made 30 million profit, you know, uh, Ruben's value's gone up, you know, Neto's has gone up, Raul Jimenez now, so why would we not continue to have a relationship with them? I think you know that the the evidence is there that you know I don't I don't, I don't think he I don't, I don't think I don't think they're charging any more any more any more fees than than what's out there in the market. No, anyway. no so I, I can say for, for the fee for the whatever. I yeah. it, it's a fair, right? Yeah, so it's, it's fair. fair yeah. it's a good, interesting point you made about the yeah. the profit that. Uh, Diogo Jota will eventually realise yeah. um, because Michael Van has asked mm. is it becoming more like a business Wolves and are, are we losing sight of where you want the actual team to be on the pitch? I think it's not about the business, it's about uh, for every season, uh, even from the head of coach, you know, we needed to do some refreshment, you know, just uh, because if you have the, the squad the 20 players, 25 players, always the 25 players it doesn't work because everything is a new challenge. You always need some new blood to, to come in. And uh, the Premier League is very challenging and uh, changing very fast. With the same identity, same score, you cannot handle everything. You, you can see the result. Uh, yeah, like uh, Sheffield United, you can see that. And uh, maybe with the same score, but the new season will be so different to, to them. And to us, it's the same. So even from sporting and the tactical view, we need some change for every season and also for a player sometimes they needed to change because for example you have been in a city for three or four five years and uh, sometimes you need a change to not only for the money or for the new club it's about some changing to charge yourself again you know so yeah so for example if I don't think Diego if he stays here he can perform at the same level as he's doing in Liverpool because it's a new environment with different teammates and you know so that's the reason why which can encourage him or spur him to do better so even for the players to his own benefit or even he can be a better player sometimes we have to change and also it's about two clubs and if we can sell a player get some profit in then we can use the money to buy some other positions we need more it's a good deal so for the deal of Diego Jota, I think it's a, a best deal. I think even the best deal in the five years when after I came here because it's benefiting all the three parties, the player, the buying club, the selling club. Not always, you know, sometimes when a club buys a, club, uh, a player, then they think, oh, he's not so good or whatever. So it's not even for selling side, I don't want that to happen because I hope to maintain a good relationship. And when we sell a player, uh, the player is from Wolves and we, we have done good things to him. Yeah, he can do even better or at least at the same level there. So it's a good thing to us. So if you are using the example of Diego Jota, I think it's a perfect deal to us. I'm very happy about this. Yeah. 
Scott, as a player, you won promotion to the Premier League and enjoyed a successful career there. There's a lot of questions asking why aren't Wolves looking towards the EFL in general and more home markets. Can you answer that? Well, I don't think that we're not. Um, I think you know we've looked at some of the successes. I think you know you have to be um, straightforward that a lot of our players are Championship players. Conor Cody, Ruben Neves, they all played in the Championship for Wolves, so we understand what strong league it is. The difference is sometimes the the, the cost and the and the, the the transfer fees of you know as we've seen with Ollie Watkins and people like that, and the, the talk about Tony now obviously at Brentford, the the, the the transfer fees are very high, and sometimes is it the best value? But it's certainly a, it's certainly a market that we think is very uh, very appealing and also a good gauge for players that could easily come into the Premier League. So it's something we do look at. Yeah, also, Scotty, you mentioned this morning that uh, like Willie Bolly, Ruben Neves, they, they, are, they were all from Championship, right? So yeah. we, we were yeah. from Championship. <laughs> we, we know a lot about, about the market there. The only thing, as Scott said, is about to, to pick the right deal. Yeah, the right deal means commercially, financially, sporting-wise, and it should be right. Yeah. I've got a technical question which Matt and Scott might be able yeah. to share. The director of football role, there isn't a director of football title as such. <laughs> uh, and we've been asked if, yeah. you know, Adam Arnold, Chris Noon, Luke Scale all saying, are yeah. oh, Wolves going to appoint a director of football? Can you maybe explain your roles and, um, and where they fit into that? To Johnny, but let me say first, okay. Go on. Yeah. The title is the title, but the, for, to, to, to me, Scott is, 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 is either technical director, sport director, director of football. It's the same to me, so yeah. he is doing the job for the three titles anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're providing value for money here, so <laughs> four or five jobs. Yeah. I think it's a terminology, isn't it? I think that I think there's still uh, in a lot of people don't understand quite what director, football, sporting director, technical director. I think ultimately I'm doing the role that Kevin was doing with a different title. You know, so um, yeah, I think it's a terminology thing rather than uh, anything any different from that. And Matt, does your role slightly overlap as well? I think it overlaps them, them all. I think I'm here to, you know, to support Scott, to support Jeff, and to support Noon and support the players. So, you know, in terms of, from all aspects of, of uh, from football administration, football operations, signing players, you know, having players settling in, you know, to, to helping running the, 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 the services off the pitch here at the training ground. So it's. You know, it's a full-on job, but you know, I think we're ha I think having the two of us here with Jeff, and I think it really, I think it really works. So. I, think, I think hopefully it's putting people yeah. who've got specific roles and yeah. expertise in or knowledge in certain roles. You know, mm. my knowledge mm. is technical, my knowledge yeah. is football, my mm. experience mm. is football. Matt's fantastic support to me in what he does as well. So I think I'd like to think as a as general manager, we work very mm. well mm. together, and that's the best way I mean, for us as a football club. I mean, Scott's been in it an awful long time. You know, I've I've known nothing else. I came into it when I left university 20 years ago. So, you know, I've worked with Barry Fry for two and a half years. So I've seen everything. <laughs> you know, transfer negotiations. So, you know, I think between us, we've got we've had a lot of experience and a lot of hands-on experience. So it's uh, it's been invaluable. We're talking of deal negotiations. Matty's <laughs> yeah. asked, is there any chance of a longer deal for Ruben Neves? Yeah, I need to clear this up because Max was talking to me, uh, our head of media, about this. So I think there's some, uh, in the press, or, or our fans are thinking he's only signed up till 2023, but in fact he, he is on contract till 2024. Okay. So, you know, he's still got another three years, so 
fans don't need to worry that <laughs> you know, he's going to be uh, going anywhere or he's going to be out of contract anytime soon. So, yeah, he's still got another three years on his contract. And when Raul Jimenez got injured, um, mm. it, it thrust Fabio Silva into the spotlight. Uh, and many felt he wasn't ready. Uh, and then immediately they looked at the price tag, as, that, as we touched on earlier. Where, where do you think uh, that signing stands? You know, do you feel it stands the test? Uh, Scotty, you can say something after me. But uh, I want to say Fabio, at the beginning, I thought he is the top player at his age in the world. Now I think it even proves that because not so many 18 years old played in the Premier League, score four goals, five goals, and it's not so much. Sorry, and maybe you can hear more names around the world. Okay, some wonder kid here and there, but no one is playing the same as Fabio doing now in the league, in the toughest league in the world. You can do something maybe in Germany, in Portugal, but it's different from the Premier League. So I still. Uh, Keep my position. I just say he is maybe at least top three or top one best wonder kid in the world at the age. Really? Yeah, yeah, true, true. So, and of course, everyone has a subjective view about a player, and maybe someone says, okay, he's not so strong, he's not so fast. But when you look look at football, and you you can see a very very smart player there, and also it's not easy to find a good striker. You know, a striker normally takes time to become a good striker, but. Uh, it's 18 years old to be so good. It's amazing. So I like him the most. And uh, after he he came here, and also it's more interesting because before that I didn't know much about his character, you know, personality. Now I see him training very hard every day, always smiling, don't care too much about what the defense say. Then then always always fo uh, focusing on uh, the, uh, on the training ground and doing doing something very very good. So. You, you can see the obvious growth and improvement from the last maybe five or four months. It's because he has a golden character and a personality. And it's very important. So that is my view. I uh, make the decision to buy the boy. It's truly because I believe in him and to be one of the best players, not only in Wolves, maybe in the Premier League in the future. The best quarter, you can say something. Yeah. yeah, I think I think an 18-year-old boy to come from Portugal, he had no pre-season with the football club. There's an adaption period that I've seen in my years in football. I remember seeing David Silver at City in his first team, mm. first season. Sorry, find it difficult. So never mind David Silver, who's you know for me one of the best Premier League players ever. I think there's an adaption period. I think I totally agree with Jeff. I think his character's outstanding. I think he's had a difficult time and how he's come through it. Now I think now you can see the potential in him as a footballer. You can see why people talked about him so much as a young player. And I think he's come through it really well. There's no doubt it was a season that we thought he would be learning off of Raul, giving bit you know, getting parts of the season, really learning about the Premier League. And I think that uh, obviously he got thrust into it a lot quicker. But I think now you're really starting to see him settle into into the football. The boy can score goals and can finish. And I think he's really clever and I watch him quite regular on training. His finishing quality, I think, is very high. And, and I think he's come to the, the whole season really well and we're really hoping and looking for a, pop, a positive season next year as well. It's a lot of pressure on his shoulders, isn't it? You know, the transfer yeah. fee that everyone's talking about and then losing Rao so early on at the start, at the start of the season that, you know, it's just sort of thrown into the spotlight. But yeah. I, think, I think he's coped really well there. I think he's done really well. But Johnny, there's something I want to say to our fans. When a new player comes, new player comes, 
try to welcome him more, mm. right? So sometimes <laughs> you never know what will happen. Yeah, yeah. you cannot mm. predict. Do you think they're quick to make judgment in some? Yeah, sometimes mm. I feel mm. if they don't know the name, they feel doubtful or negative. But sometimes, if you look at the track record from the club about transfers in the last five years, it's pretty good. I think maybe one of the best in the Premier League. Yeah. So sometimes it's about trusting the player. Also about trusting us. Sometimes we don't do wrong things very often. Yeah. Well, one last question on new players. Yeah. You and Morgan has asked, could you do a job at left back, Jeff? Uh, sorry, I'm right for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, there's no point dwelling on sold players too much, but um, Matt Doherty and uh, and Diogo Jota have come up yeah. a lot. Uh, what, what was the logic for for parting with them both? Well, I think Jota, we already spoke about, yeah. you know, the, so, so the, the transfer fee, it was just sort of, a, you know, an opportunity, you know, too good to turn down, really. I think anyone, any Wolves fan, if ever thought that we could have sold a player for that amount of money, you know, I think it'd be too good to be true. So I think, I think that's the, re the reason behind him. Yeah. I mean, Matt Doherty. So why, 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 to why sell, sell him? him? I mean, some would say he'd reached the absolute peak of his performance mm. levels, mm. Uh, and maybe that's borne out this season, would you? Yeah, uh, I do think... Uh, uh, Matt is a kind of player and uh, suiting a style. Mm. You know, I think uh, at that time, I think uh, the team or the head coach, whatever, they want to change a little style. And so for a certain team, uh, Matt can do a very good job. But if we want to change, maybe to a more position-based teams, whatever, I think we need to maybe have a different uh, profile of player. So that's one of the reasons. And also I do believe Matt himself, he wants to move because he has been here for 10 years, right? So I think it's the right moment and to move to a new club to, to challenge him, uh, himself again. So it's a good deal. I think uh, for commercial sense, we think that the deal is good. And for the player, he can get to a new club. And, uh, and also uh, for the future, if we want to change our style of football, and maybe we, do, we need to do some change. So yeah, we, can, yeah. we can't keep the same squad each season. We've got yeah. to freshen it up. So you know, mm -hmm. there's always going to be changes. So. Is, I mean, you know, talking of freshening up, Matt, is, is FFP mm. going to be an issue now going forward? A lot of fans have, have sort of identified that as a problem area. Yeah, I mean, FFP for us sort of has two strands to it. So we've got the, the Premier League profit and sustainability rules that we have to, we have to stay within. And, you know, we're doing really well in the Premier League. But, you know, the, the Premier League profit and sustainability is sort of calculated over three seasons. So, you know, we've got 19, 20... 1819 and 1718 1718 we were in the championship yeah. you know i think we lost 55 million that season so you know you, you can only have a there's a certain accumulative amount of losses that you can have so we have to make sure that we're that we're falling within that you've then got the other side of it with uefa you know it was great that we got to the europa league in the first season but that in effect created other challenges because we're now part of uefa's financial fair play right, rules yeah. and because we got in in the first season we had two previous seasons of really really high losses which means that we were never going to meet their break-even requirement and you then have to enter into settlements agreement settlement agreements in with UEFA you know provide future financial information you know set out your stall for the next couple of seasons so we're working within these sort of parameters to ensure that we you know that we fall within their breaking even requirement you know further down the line so that we do, so that we we don't have to pay any any fines so you know that it's it's a lot more complicated than what than what people see so 
There is a history in yeah. the game of people paying fines and just getting on mm. with it. Where, where would Wolves stand on that? Yeah, I don't think we would. No, I, I don't uh, what about Brexit, Scott? It's going to have some sort of impact, mm. isn't it, on, on future transfers and where, where the club look, I guess? Mm. I think, yeah, I think, obviously, from a, having both my heads on as, as a previously academy manager, that, that means that mm. at the younger ages we can't sign anybody outside of England under 18, and we've used that market quite well in the past with some of the young players like uh, Christian Marquez and mm. Hugo Bueno and people mm. like that. So we can't do that. From the older age groups, obviously, the market opens a little bit more. Um, but then now I've got to fit the criteria of the points. So yeah, it's certainly, I think we, were, we did a study and I don't think we could have signed Pedro Neto. Yeah. So there's a lot of talent that we have signed before Brexit that's now going to be mm. more difficult. Mm. So we have to really certainly spend a lot of time. It's not always just looking at the player and saying he's a really good player. Mm. Another point is where we have to go onto the, the, the sort of GB mm. uh, calculator and see if we can actually sign the boy. So it's certainly, again, made the market uh, more difficult. Uh, and we've certainly got to, to look, but it does open up South America, as Jeff said before, Asia, North America. So, again, we'll certainly be looking all over. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going back to FFP. Yeah. It's always going to be a battle. Mm. But, you know, I think one thing is for sure that transfer fees are going to keep going up, player wages are going to keep going up, and, and intermediary fees are going to keep going up. You know, so we've got to look to, to grow the business and we've got to be looking at increasing revenue. You know, that, that's, if we want to be, you know, a big club, we've, we've got to look, you know, not just focus purely on... The football team and you know generating transfer fees we've got to look out look at other avenues and like we've said before scott said be creative yeah and i think that's so, good we're going to come on to a bit yeah. with that with ross and Vinny later mm. about the wider business no pressure uh, which, 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 which will be quite interesting yeah, yeah. roger clark's asked if there's any lessons um that you may or may not have learned mm. from this season is there anything in particular this season that's taught you anything you know for all three of you I think for, uh, yeah, I can start, I think for injury prevention, maybe we can do better. Mm -hmm. So because we have a very good record in the last three seasons, uh, from 17, 18 to now. So maybe we were too confident about what we have been doing and uh, maybe, but this season is reminding to us, okay, we, we could have done better and uh, we will learn from this and uh, do better. So we are doing something on the pitch, so on, on something we are trying to upgrade. And so I hope for next season we can do something to have a, a better medical record. Yeah, I think it's been a season like no other season. And I think mm -hmm. that when you reflect on that, you know, I've been a player. So I think to play the number of games the boys have played mm -hmm. without, with mm -hmm. a lack of rest, I think is you know is a recipe for disaster. I think if it was just us who had injuries, we would be really concerned that injuries across the Premier League are up. So I think yes, yeah, certainly we'll mm. we're always trying to be progressive. We're always trying to look at different ways of improving mm. pitches. We're looking at the medical side of it. We'll be looking at everything. But yeah, I think that's been the the thing that I think would say has changed the most in the season is the number of injuries. Mm. Some of the injuries are nothing to do with pitches like Raúl, but. You know, we've got again with it, and, and again looking at the squad size would be something that we would look at, having looked at the injuries again. So, but certainly we'll be looking again, yeah. Yeah, I think for my side, I think the the COVID situation, you know, not having not not having any not having a break, having to work with so many protocols. I think it, I, I think for me, you know, working with the players, I think and the staff, I think it's really took the toll on everyone. You know, and, and I think you know, mental health is so prevalent at the minute, and you know, it's been been on my mind that ha you know that you have a lot of players from overseas you know how are they coping with it a lot of them haven't seen their families for a long time you know they're they're trying to get them over they're being blocked because you know of 
quarantining and being and being on the bed list. So I think you know that's one area I've been I've been focusing on for the last you know couple of months. You know, trying to facilitate or, or, or integrate a, a player care provision within uh, the training ground just to to provide some day-to-day support for them. You know, you know, are they okay? What do they need help with? What do their families need help with? Because it, I think it's really, it must have been really, really tough. Yeah, and it's yeah. interesting that because, yeah. you know, supporters may only see mm. the, what's going on on the pitch, but yeah. behind closed doors, players have gone through a lot, haven't they? Yeah, like the rest have. of us, obviously, yeah. and like a lot of the supporters themselves, but yeah. it, naturally it will take a toll. Yeah, no, no, it will definitely. You know, Leander was having his family coming over Christmas and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're in lockdown again and they can't come and Nuno's hardly seen his family all season. You know, it's, been, it's really, really tough. Let's finish with a few uh, sort of quick fire ones. Uh, the loan policy, Scott, there's about over 20 players out on loan. Why are so many? I think the loan policy is, is used for different reasons. So for some boys, it's to give them experience uh, of playing, obviously, league football, which is vital in some of the players' development. Some players, if, if they're not uh, required here, we need to get them out. And again, can we give them the opportunity to play? Because, again, we, we talked about before, we don't want 28 players moping around because they're not playing. So give them the opportunity to play. And I think, as we've seen, some of the loans have been really successful. If you look at Rafa, Rafa Merz had three or four loans while being at the club. His last loan mm. at the moment's been fantastic for the player. And they're still our players and we want the best for them. We don't want them, we're not just washing our hands of them, we want them to develop. And ultimately, again, if we talk about creative, then, you know, Rafa may make the money, uh, a lot of money for the football club in the future. So I think it's always going to be part of our policy of what we do with players and it will always be looked at from different points of view experience mm. development and obviously trying to develop an asset as well and is the scouting side of it your your, your domain as well who's in charge overall for scouting uh, the head of scouting is Matt Hobbs uh, who's been at the club quite a few years uh, obviously I work very closely with Matt scouting for, for all the scouts this year has been in front of a video screen I'm afraid and we've got some fantastic people who work really well to get all the, the analysis and the data together to provide profiles on all the players we're looking at and all the leagues all over the world but yeah I think for scouts who like to be out and about it's been a really difficult year but it's something that we've certainly had to do in-house and, and work very closely with um, and we're really pleased with the work people have done in very difficult circumstances. And James Smith asked, closer to home, the academy, what's your plan with that and how do you generate a system where you can get the best local youngsters? I think it's something we've been working on for a lot of years. I think that um, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you know, I've been in the, in the academy system a lot of years. If I look at, you know, now in the West Midlands, I think we're really strong. Uh, we've got some really highly high quality players coming through and hopefully I think, you know, all the best clubs should be built on foundations of the academy and young players through. You know, if we look at this year, Owens, breakthrough season you know Owen is American by birth but he's been with us since he was 14 years old so you know we'll always continue to do that as I said before uh, we have the elite group that train with Nuno on a regular basis a lot of the boys are under 18 at the moment and the under 23s at the moment majority of them are under 18 the under 18s at the moment a lot of we've got some 15 year old boys in there so yeah we're really trying to continue to push that it's something that Jeff's very passionate about but I think falls and are as well and the football club and we'll try and, uh, to certainly develop that. Matt, COVID, we, we touched on COVID just oh. now when we talked about the players. I mean, you know, has it changed the, the, any targets in the short term? Has it made the club reassess anything they do, their vision? I think it's, I mean, it's been tough. I mean, it's been two seasons into one. The, the protocols that were all under or, and continue to be under, it's been like nothing. I mean, it's been, don't get me wrong, we've been really appreciative to the government that we've been able to keep playing I think it's been not only good for us and but you know for the public as well to watch football but you know the 
what we've had to work under. You know, we, we were kicking off at you know all weird and wonderful times and and, and days, and you know that we're having to have different hotels that we'd all never use. We're travelling on two buses, you know, at the training ground. You know, we're having to social distance apart from when we're on the pitch. Right. We can't all eat together, you know, where we'd normally do uh, at matches. We might not even be. The team might not even be in the same dressing room. You might have to have starting eleven in one, and you know the subs. What's the player reaction been to that when they're when they're all hugging and celebrating a goal on the pitch, but then they have to come off it? And yeah, well, 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 I, I, mean, I, I mean, think bizarre? I'm like I think I'm like the COVID police because you know I'm constantly <laughs> telling Connor that you know you know you can't do that. And if you, if you notice, we do the team huddle before yeah. we kick off. Well, you probably noticed for the first, for the last few games we've not been doing it, and that's because you know Premier League protocols you can't you have to social distance. Yeah. So it's been it's been hard for everyone to to work under. I, th I, th I think no one loves well, a, a goal celebration more than Connor. No, how, no, he how loves it, he he? Yeah, no, yeah. So, he, but even he's you know he's tried they've tried, they've tried to tone it down, <laughs> you know, and the manager and the coaching team as well because they love their huddles yeah. as well. So, but it's uh, I think we've all adapted. I think it's been season like no other. I think to fin if if we do finish, I think we're twelfth at the minute. I still personally think it's a, it's a it's a good finishing position given everything that's gone on. So, you know, we'll learn from it. We've we've now got a chance for break, uh, which a much needed break after after the last two seasons. So, and I think we'll just regroup and reset and then go again. Brilliant. A uh, couple more. Uh, Clive Smith wants to know, Jeff, were there any conversations that you were involved in around the European Super League? No, I heard that. Uh, I called you, didn't I? You called Jeff up, did you? Yeah, we had an email from uh, Richard Masters at the Premier League just saying that he was expecting uh, a, an announcement that evening. And I, and I think then you think, sort of panic setting a bit, you know, I was saying to Jeff, you know, you know, have they, I'm sure there's going to be a press conference because, you know, all these clubs are supposedly signing up to it. And then you start worrying, you know, have they got a broadcast partner? You know, it's going to really a detrimental effect to you know the competition that we're in you know and for then so we're sort of waiting for this something to happen and then just for these like this this written statement to come out it, it was it was bizarre yeah it did. but we had no but we had no yeah, we had well, no idea whatsoever so i had no idea but i did talk with some friends about it after this ha happened but i said to the friends there's some friends in china some friends mm. in Europe and I told them it's not going to happen in the UK because the people who is trying to initiate it don't know much about the UK market and the, the, the industry here. The UK football is so special. You know, yeah, so, yeah there was a feel of a sort of back of a fag packet organisation yeah. about it. Maybe you can't say that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, just to finish off, does Harry Mansell wants to know just the negativity amongst fans that, that, that sometimes finds its way to the club, be it through forums, be it from the stands, whatever it may be. Does it put you off at all? Does it make you? Yeah, I think I, I, I of course I do 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 hear from them, and I, I do want them to be happy. And so sometimes I feel not that good when they show me some negativities. But what I want to say is my major job. Yeah, I just. Uh, just now, I did a reply an email to, to, to one of them because every week I re received several emails from the fans. I did try to reply to them, and uh, for the email today, I said, uh, my major job is not to police the fans by words. It's hollow. It's no meaning because I, I, I can tell you we will do, do better or whatever, but it doesn't 
really make the future better. What my major job is to to do good things for the club by actions, not by words. So I don't want to come out to, to speak to you for every day, and it doesn't help. So you have to save my time to focus on the job in, in, inside the club. So then on the other side, uh, being negative is, of course, you can show your emotion. Football is about all about the emotions, of course. But uh, after my personal experiences, after one night's sleep, it's all gone, you know. So then because the future is always in your hands. Uh, I think to practice in the running of a club and negativity is no any use. Because it's, if you always regret about the past or whatever, it, it doesn't help. So only being positive is, is practical and is valuable to what we are doing in a club. So sometimes even I fear the, the negativity from the fans will impact the stuff inside the structure. So I made a lot of efforts to, to talk to them, you know, to, oh, don't uh, listen too much to the fans, focus on your job. And so I use uh, Fabio as a good example. Some player or some staff, they have the strong mentality to uh, shrug off that and do your own job. That's the, the right uh, uh, mentality we want to have. But I do hope, sometimes I think maybe because Wolves have, in history, in the last maybe, you know more than me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, uh, three, 30, 50 years. And, not so good at the right level, and uh, I heard uh, some fans uh, are celebrating. Okay, it's the uh, the history record since the 70s, the longest period uh, That's right, in it the, is the longest period mm. in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, I never thought about it. I never yeah. thought about it. I, I, I don't think it's something worth to celebrate. Yeah, you know, but but uh, it uh, reflects the, uh, maybe where the negativity would come from because you are always worried, concerned that the history will happen again. Yeah. But I want to say to them, okay, now you have to trust us. The five years can tell you something. So in general, if you have five years good track record, you can do maybe better things in the next five years. People make difference, right? So it's just, I think that's important, yeah. And John, if you take stock, five years, we got promoted, we uh, qualified for Europe, we finished 7th again, we're going to probably finish 12th. We got to the FA Cup semi-final, we travelled all around Europe last year in the Europa League. You know, it's been, been amazing. There's so much to be positive about and, and no doubt that it'll, there'll, there'll be a lot more to follow. You know, it's been incredible. To, for 7th, seventh, 7th seventh, and if we get 12th, I think, it's, I think it's an amazing achievement. Thanks for listening to episode 1 of Ask Wolves. Coming up in the next edition, we examine the leadership structure in place at the club, the communication with supporters, ticketing and pricing, stadium redevelopment and the commercial operations.